0: Hi, this is Cal Quantrill, and you're listening to the East Village Times podcast.
1: The East Village Times podcast is sponsored by Original Grain Watches, a local company out of San Diego, formed in 2013. Check them out at originalgrain.com. Nl West SD across the chest, youth movement, really dope X prospects. Big Willie, leader of the young pups. They hating on us. Why should the you them jump up? We ain't care. We ain't scared of nobody. The
0: outfield, mad skills, Lottie dottie. Austin Hedges throwing out everybody.
1: We at the ballpark, every game's a party. Ignorance is bliss, so we never trip. If the pigeons up the pot, and watch out for the kids. EVT is out here broadcasting. EVT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick ask them. Padres EVT podcast. Padres EVT podcast. Greetings and welcome to the East Village Times Podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and with me as usual is Patrick Brewer. What's going on, Patrick? A pretty quiet trade deadline, I see, as I was sleeping the night away, or the afternoon away.
0: Yeah, I've been glued to Twitter since probably 8 a.m., and I, it was a waste of time, honestly. <laughs> Nothing happened. <laughs> I,
1: yeah, I, I I, don't feel as bad about contracting an illness and, and sleeping through <laughs> through the whole trade deadline now. Since I woke up and frantically checked my phone and saw nothing had happened, so I was I was kind of approaching it like a like a Christmas morning where I was going to wake up and find a bunch of Christmas presents, and instead, I think the Grinch came and, and took all my presents away. But, but let's talk about the not trade and the no trade, and that's what this podcast is going to be about, folks. It's going to be kind of a trade deadline, trade deadline special. Uh, Patrick is going to have to steer us along the road because I. Was uh, in Mimi land, Mimi land,
0: Yeah, you were so you were Patrick, sleeping the afternoon away. Having I a, was sleeping. <laughs> yeah.
1: having well, a nice what time. can I tell you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so, so tell us. You know, how, I was. You know, I saw in the morning there were a couple rumors here and there that Yankees, Astros were still players. Um, you know, talk to me about you know how it kind of unfolded, and <laughs> I guess there wasn't much to unfold, but uh, I'm sure Padres Twitter was a, 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 a hoot this morning.
0: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, there was a whole lot of nothing to start. Uh, there was some talk, I think it was John Heyman tweeted, that the Nats, Astros, Dodgers, Yankees, Indians are all kind of in the mix. Um, I think just about every one of those teams ended up with a reliever that wasn't Brad Hand. So uh, for those who don't know, the Astros traded for Francisco Liriano, and they're, I think, intent on making him a left-handed reliever, sort of a maybe a left-handed specialist. Um, Dodgers obviously required both Tony Watson and Tony Cingrani uh, Yankees didn't really make a reliever move, although they made the big Sonny Gray move. Um, they already made their reliever moves with Robertson and uh, Tommy Conley, I think that's how you say it. Uh, Indians yeah. got Joe Smith. Nats ended up with uh, Brandon Kintzler from Minnesota. So you just about every team here ended up with a reliever, and the Padres ended up with a reliever as well, I guess. They still have Brad Hand. Uh, the Orioles also held on to Zach Britton. He was um, in talks throughout the morning as well. There was There was rumors mm-hmm. about him going to... Both the Astros and Dodgers were the main two Although the Indians were rumored there at the end um, But yeah, pretty much every team Went cheaper um, If you look at the prospect returns and all these deals It's not really notable guys I mean, Tony Singrani got uh, Cincinnati Scott Van like And uh, Hendrick Clementina A catcher that's not on the top 30 for the Dodgers uh, Indians acquired Joe Smith For minor league lefty Thomas Pannon And shortstop Samad Taylor Who I don't think either of them are listed on the top 30 For Cleveland uh, same story with um, Tony Watson from the Dodgers, O'Neill Cruz, uh, and then Angel Herman. Uh, hmm. Yeah, Brandon Kinsler, same story. <laughs> Tyler Watson, not a top-ranked prospect. So yeah, a lot of these teams look like they just went cheap. Um, some of these guys are, uh, are yeah. obviously rentals. Some of these guys are longer-term control. Obviously, Addison Reed was probably the bigger one. He was a rental, but he got three top-30 prospects, although they're all relief pitchers in the back end of the top-30. And uh, I think two, at least two of the three are, are going to be – I think they're Rule 5 eligible, so the Red Sox are going to have a little bit of a crunch with their 40-man, so it, it made sense to trade those guys away. But yeah, other than that, there wasn't really any big move in. Uh, obviously, Hugh Darvish was the big move. The Dodgers didn't really give up too much in, in that deal, though. I mean, Willie Calhoun's obviously the, the prime one there, and then the other two are both top 30, but not really top-end type talent, although Darvish is a rental, so there's, there's that consideration. Um, yeah, it looks like teams just kind of back down a little bit and it obviously turned into a buyer's market. We thought it might have been a little bit of a seller's market because there were so many teams that were competing for playoff spots, but it ended up being sort of a buyer's market where a lot of teams got pretty good deals and the returns just aren't what they've been in years past. I mean, look at last year, Raldis Chapman and Andrew Miller returned these kind of big packages and maybe that skewed the perception in the industry about what relievers are worth, but a lot of these teams ended up going cheaper and most of them made pretty good deals, I think, and the Potties are kind of left in the dark here.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I'd love to hear your impression of the the, the deal that came down, uh, I guess it was yesterday, between the Cubs and the Tigers. Uh, the Cubs acquiring, uh, is it Justin Wilson? Is that his first yeah. name? Yeah, it's just Justin, Justin Wilson, Wilson. And uh, Alex Avila for, you know, a pretty decent pro- uh, prospect package. I know uh, the Cubs' farm system is kind of depleted a little, and uh, Candelario, who was the number one pick, was is a decent prospect, but he's not necessarily top. Top top end, but um, you know, I once I saw that go down, I thought that 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 bode well for hands value and for potential deal happening. Um, tell me, uh, you know, what your thoughts on that deal?
0: Yeah, I think Jaime um, Candelario's a uh, back end top hunter talent. He's not really, um, I guess, a higher end. I think the Potters were shooting a little higher than that. Um, mm-hmm. There's obviously some concerns with him. He doesn't really have a defensive home, um, at least in Chicago. I mean, he plays third. Um, he's got a good bat. He's known for that. Uh, in, in Detroit, now he's not really, I guess he doesn't really have a def- much of a home either because they have yeah. a couple guys blocking him there and, and Nick Castellanos, Miguel Cabrera, Victor Martinez, although I don't think he'll have a tr- uh, he'll problem uh, pushing one of those guys off if they're not performing. Um, but yeah, I think Alex Avila was, Avila was the extra kicker that really pushed the Cubs yeah. to make the deal. Um, the Padres yeah. cannot offer a similar thing. I mean, Hector Sanchez isn't really moving anything, so I think that made mm-hmm. the deal a little more... I guess palatable from the Cubs perspective. I mean, Candelario wasn't going to play in Chicago. He didn't have a position. He wasn't going to have a position for the next several years because they're not getting rid of Brian or Rizzo anytime soon. Uh, and then Isaac Paredes is a young shortstop. Um, he's at the lower levels for them. I, I mean, that's that's a no-brainer to move him. So, yeah, I think the Cubs aren't really giving up much here and they're getting a good reliever in Wilson. Um, yeah, I originally thought that deal was kind of a sign of, of what the Padres could get, but it just seems like every other team wasn't willing to make that – uh, to, I guess I should say they weren't willing to pay that price that the Potters had set and I don't think A.J. Preller was ready to move off of that price and I think that's that's obviously tough to not want to move off that price but I think in some ways that's rightfully so that that, that was a high price and I think they expected that price and if it wasn't met it, it was pretty clear the last week or so that they, they had every intention of keeping Brad Hand if the price wasn't there and as the deadline wore on it was, it was pretty apparent that the price wasn't going to be there so I think it makes sense why they held on to him
1: yeah you know it, uh, I think we all expected him to be dealt but I don't think any of us knew well obviously none of us knew what was being offered I, I had heard rumors the last day or so uh, the teams were offering uh, prospect in their 15 to 20 range uh, and you know that that's not that appealing when it comes to the potential that Brad Hand has I, I think uh, a lot of teams uh, undervalued him and it, the Padres don't need to deal him he's got two years of uh Two years of full service time ahead of him. Um, I know we've talked about this could be his pinnacle value right now, but if he's able to go out and, and successfully close the next two months and keep his ERA around one, uh, around two where, where it presently is, then then his value will increase. You know, I don't think he'll ever be a, a Andrew Miller or a Erroldis Chapman type value in, in return for him, but he has decent value, and, and AJ's already proven in the past that. He's not going to pull a deal just for the sake of doing it. I know a lot of people think that that's the case because of what he did in 2015 and constructing the the great the great smokescreen that we all saw uh, when he acquired Upton and Kemp and Middlebrooks and 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 company. But <laughs> Will Middlebrooks, he, that's
0: that's quite a name drop.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had to throw I had to throw him out there too. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's a different feel about this team. He's not this team is built for the future. And obviously getting prospects for Brad Hand would be beneficial for that. But if the prospects aren't going to help the team, uh, it, it's just no sense doing it. And, you know, Brad Hand's still he's 27. How old is he, Patrick? 27, 28. He's still I relatively young. I think he's 28. Young. I have to pull it up here yeah, I mean, real quick. He's still he's still relatively young. You know, his upside is still there. And 27, yeah. 27. So, there, I mean, it, it's tough being a Padre fan because we all had our – Set on you know on Alex Verdugo and a Bueller package from, from the Dodgers or something like that, but in reality, that just wasn't possible. I mean, Chapman throws a, a 103, uh, Andrew Miller is, is one of the best proven commodities in in, in baseball from the left handed uh, side of, of the mound, so it, it's just you know, it is what it is, and and uh, we're gonna have to focus on, on the future and 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 um, hopefully. I don't want to say Brad Hinn will probably be dealt in the offseason because, you know, talk us through a a tweet that just came out from Castleville saying that uh, the Padres are content on on keeping them and not necessarily dealing them like they did uh, Kimball.
0: Yeah, so this is my issue. Um, When I I wrote that article when the trade first dropped. uh, The Padres are taking on some risk here by holding on to hand. Um, Within the article I mentioned that I don't see a I don't see a scenario where Hand is on the opening day roster next year, or at least I don't think there should be a scenario where Hand is on the opening day roster unless something went terribly wrong in terms of he was injured or his performance tanked or whatever happens the rest of the season. But now AJ Castile is tweeting that according to AJ Preller, he's I'm sure he's been talking to him uh, that he, AJ Preller said the Kimbrel and Hand deals aren't comparable. Um, they're saying I guess that Kimbrell was always going to be dealt, but Hand possibly not so that makes it sound like they think that hand is a part of this team for the long term which doesn't really make sense to me because he's only under control through 2019 and i guess you can squint and see the potters being sort of good in 2019 but at this point it's hard to look at that and say yeah the potters are going to definitely be competing for a playoff spot in 2019 and brad hand could be a big part of that i just i don't see that and I, i think that I don't know if he's saying that to, to placate fans or to, to make an excuse or to posture or whatever the reason is. I just don't think it's realistic to say that Brad hand's going to be here in two years time. I I wouldn't even, I, I don't think Brad hand should be here in six months time, to be honest. I mean, if he can come out here and close, I don't know, say 15 ball games, if that's fair, 10, 15 ball games the rest of the year and keep his ERA at or below two, I, I see no reason why they can't get a comparable package this off season. Um, than they would have got, I guess. Then they are demanding now. I, I think they can get a similar package in the off season, and, and if they don't get that, then then sure, maybe you think about holding him at least till next year's trade deadline. But I just don't see that playing out that way. I think someone's going to pay up if you get another two months of him being a good reliever. That's that's two straight years of him being a top ten reliever in all of baseball, and with more teams in contention in the off season, obviously more teams think they have a chance. That's at least ten more suitors for him, if that. So. I don't see a scenario where he's still here next year, but I've been wrong before. So <laughs> I'm yeah, not betting yeah. money here.
1: <laughs> AJ Preller, you know, he seems to always do the opposite of what uh, the consensus say is going to happen. So it's, it, in a lot of, in a lot of respects, I'm not very surprised I, I you know, I, I really did think he would be dealt, but this doesn't shock me as, you know, as you know, he does what he believes is right for the team. And, and I commend him for that. And, uh, he sticks to what he has, his ideals, on, on the value of Brad Hand. And, and um, you know, looking at it, the Astros are a team that could have really used him. But then, you know, you bring up uh, Francisco Liriano. You know, it's a, obviously Liriano's on the downside of his career. But when you're comparing Brad Hand and Liriano and you're from the outside looking in, and, and in terms of value and, and what they command, I mean, what did Liriano go for? Did he even go for a top 30 prospect, Patrick? Do you know?
0: Uh, actually, interestingly enough, the Astros gave up Nori Aoki, which is kind of a meaningless swap. But they also what? gave up they also gave uh, yeah. Teoscar Hernandez, who I believe he is a top thirty prospect. Um, okay, he's a nice little outfield prospect. Not nothing too exciting, but the Astros have so much depth in the outfield in terms of the farm. Yeah. And they got Derek Fisher, uh, Kyle Tucker, to name a few. Uh-huh. Um, so they didn't really need him per se, but I think that's a good get for mm. the Blue Jays. I don't. That obviously wouldn't have been a good get for the Padres the way they're valuing hand. No. Um, yeah. But at this point I think that was a good move for the Astros. Uh, they may come to regret it later if if Lirano yeah. blows up. Who knows? But Exactly. <laughs> it exactly. remains to be seen. These teams chose to kind of go cheap and not pay for that impact reliever. Yeah. And yeah. Last year you saw for the Cubs, it worked out. They won the World Series. I, I don't know how much you can attribute that to Aroldis Chapman but he definitely helped. Same with Andrew Miller. He got the Indians to the exactly. World Series. So Teams have to see that and think wow, it worked last year, but this year they just weren't they weren't lining up to buy, and and it was a little bit of a buyer's market. Um, a couple teams came out looking pretty good, didn't give up too much to get good players. So we're gonna have to see how it plays out in the playoffs. But I think there's at least one team here who could come to regret this decision, and maybe they maybe the Padres can help them remedy that situation uh, this off season.
1: Yeah, and you know, waiting until the off season also opens up some other teams as well that aren't you know potentially looking for a playoff run that are just looking to overhaul their team and make a run in that aspect. So you know, waiting till October, November to start negotiating opens it up with you know the Marlins, the well, I guess he wouldn't be shipped back to Florida, but uh, you know, a team like that, a team that's kind of constructing their team for the 2018 season, so it opens it up in that regard. Um, I'm still shocked that. Someone didn't pay the price for him and recognize his value. But I, I commend AJ Preller for holding on to him and, and not getting pennies on the dollar. You know, I, I had read somewhere that uh, Solarte gained a little bit of interest as well. But again, teams were concerned with the DL, and his value had taken a, a huge hit. As a result of that, so, you know, the Padres aren't in any... They don't need to deal these guys. They're not pending free agents. They, there's no nece- there's no necessity to deal them just for the sake of it. So um, it, it's, it's going to be interesting 2018 the rest of the season, or 2017 the rest of the season. This team's shown that they can kind of compete a little bit. So I think the tank talk is probably going to die down for a little bit. I, ultimately, I think this team has a chance of finishing... In the bottom five somewhere, when it's all said and done. But there's no guarantee that this is going to be a, a bottom team in baseball. I mean, we we all know that now. They're they're only going to get better with this young nucleus. Um, it's it's going to be fascinating. I, I I want to see if maybe AJ is going to kind of change gears a little bit um, and kind of build the team for 2018. You know, he he beats to a different drum and and does what he. Wants and what he sees in front of him. And I think he sees some progression in this team, so I'm interested to see if he wants to kind of be a buyer this offseason. I I don't know. Anything can happen. What Your thoughts on that, Patrick?
0: Yeah, I think I've seen an interesting shift among Padre fans. I've seen more and more fans kind of um, contemplating what's really left to tank. I mean, at this point, the farm system is pretty stacked. There's not really a lot of players to trade outside of Brad Hand. Most of these guys are guys you'd think – can be on the next good Padres team you got margot hedges renfro spangenberg asuahe all these guys are guys you could see being on that next good team and i want to shout out to uh sackbunt dustin who wrote a piece for padres public kind of discussing when does the tank really end like like when it when is that kind of turning point where you start to to be competitive and i I see some people thinking that, that this team could be pretty decent next year and the year after i mean this year they've already overachieved. They're already, I think they're the sixth worst team, and many thought they'd be easily the bottom. And they've obviously overachieved that. And it's looking more and more like this team's not going to get a top three draft pick. So, at this point, yeah, maybe it's time to turn around the tank. I don't know if I don't know if there's really the parts there yet. I don't know if they're really willing to spend big money on free agents. I think next off is probably a safer bet for that because there's more uh, there's more guys to buy. There's more money to spend. Um, I, I think next year is going to be another hold year, sort of the in-between. But, yeah, I think you got to start thinking where are they going from here. And as Cal Quantrill, Eric Lauer, Joey Lucchese, all these guys start moving up the levels, they're all in double A now. If they all start kicking down the door to the big leagues, you're going to have to start considering speeding this thing up if if that's going to be the case. Uh, we're going to have to see how it plays out over the next year or so, though. But it, it's fun to start thinking yeah. about it, for sure.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, the farm system's built up so well, it's... It's nice to see that he's not going to just take a prospect just to take a prospect. You know, why are you going to take a an outfielder in, in low A ball when he would already be behind three or four or five guys? So it's it's nice that they've progressed this farm system so well and, and so high that that they're able to kind of nitpick and and, and pick and choose which prospects they want. I think this offseason is going to be interesting. Uh, there's there's got to be some movement. I mean, there's so many second basemen on this team. There's, you know, there's pitching issues. There's, the, you know, there, there's going to be some movement. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he constructs this team for next season. I'm, I'm already kind of curious on uh, if this is a, this uh, holding onto Brad Hand is a sign of 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 like I say a, a building, if you will, of this of this roster.
0: I mean, that could obviously be the case. I just don't really see that argument because I don't see this team being. Good next year. I mean, no, yeah, they, I don't there's... think
1: they're going to. Oh, they're not going to compete for a, a championship or a, a wild card next season. But if they construct a team built on you know climbing the ladder and season by season progressing, then set uh, five hundred as a goal for next season. And the value I, at that the... point,
0: I just don't see what point holding on to Brad Hand does for that. I mean. He's not going to well, really move. I, I don't
1: necessarily think he's going to do it in the off season. I mean, between you and I, or, well, I guess it's not between you and I, but no I don't secrets think here. He's yeah, I don't think he's necessarily going to hold on to him in the off season. He's he's he can say what he wants about Kimbrel and and how how he wasn't going to deal him. In, in my eyes, that's posturing, and he's he's building up the value. He's He's already shown GMs that hey I'm not gonna deal him for for pennies on the dollar. These teams are in a playoff race two months away from the World Series and you're not gonna pay the price tag, then he just turns around and walks away. And I think GMs are gonna respect that in the long run. And when it's time in the off season to seriously negotiate on, on a on a hand, uh Solarte, uh whoever he wants to deal, a Jankowski, I, I don't know. Then Teams are going to respect that fact and know that they can't come at him with a low ball offer and that they're going to have to seriously come at him with something that is going to entice him. And and the farm system, like I say, is built so well that he's not going to take someone's fourth best pitcher you know why i mean yes it's nice to stock up in, in pitching but you're not going to deal bright hand for someone else's uh, development project who's 20 years old 21 years old he wants top end prospects at position key positions and key ideals and key players that that he wants to build the team around that, that have that ideal and have that type of uh, mentality so i don't know i'm just trying to i'm trying to figure out the man which is kind of impossible because you know, he. you look one way, he's going the other way. And, you know, I, I'm just trying to read between the lines because I think that's the only way to kind of predict what's going on here in, in San Diego is kind of just subtly reading between the lines on, on what he's doing. And, uh, you know, I'm excited. I, re- I really am. Yeah. Brad Hand could have gotten a good return, but I, I'm still excited for for the future of this team for sure.
0: Yeah, I think it's try- It's kind of hard to predict or, or rationalize what um, A.J. Preller is doing. I mean... <laughs> you can't you can't rationalize yeah. chaos um cause exactly. a lot of time that's kind of what it feels like he's just so chaotic and you never really know where he's gonna go when one team zigs he's gonna zag so it, it's really hard to predict but it's gonna be fun to see how it plays out over the next uh six months uh i'm really looking forward to winter meetings here we are july 31st and i'm already looking forward to december so we got five months yeah. to kill here but it should be fun
1: no definitely um any other light news we should get it, get into before Oh, we should talk about uh we should talk about my number one overall prospect who uh decided uh Padre's decided to you know we don't need Anderson Espinosa for the next year and a half two years so he is going to go under the knife as Padre fans are well aware of um it's it's a it's a rough thing a tough thing it, it still amazes me that the Red Sox are, are crying wolf and and, and still complaining and, and bitching over over the deal with Pomerantz, yet he's still performing at a at a really good pace for them in, in the bottom end of their rotation. Um, your thoughts on Espinosa and. Uh, I
0: actually dis- in- I actually disagree with that sentiment that the Red Sox shouldn't be mad because um, I guess we don't really know. Maybe Anderson Espinosa was injured before he was traded, but he didn't yeah, did pitch I for read something. two months. Last season it was fine, and then started this season it was fine before that injury cropped up. So I don't know if you can really say, oh, the Red
1: Sox gave us a damaged product as well. So, well, I, I thought I had read something that the Padres had signed off on some medical concerns with Espinosa as well. I mean, they a, obviously signed off on it, but they were aware that there was... I didn't see he that. He was having a little bit... Okay, I don't I don't know if I'm... Even if, that, even if
0: that's the case, though, um, I think it's a big I mean, there's a risk and reward when it comes
1: to pitchers. I think you it's, know, a, it's a big anything can because
0: happen. the Padres are agreeing to that risk. The Red Sox weren't agreeing to the risk. They were basically lied to and deceived into thinking that Pomerantz was healthier than he was. So I, I think that's a much bigger issue, and I, I can understand why the red Sox have been wary of the Padres and why those teams probably won't make deals at least in the short term because mm-hmm. that, that's a breach of trust um yeah is hurt now and pomerantz is fine but i don't think that really plays into the discussion um i think we gotta just look at it that pomerant that pomerantz and is, is healthy and, and pitching well and, and now we gotta worry about espinosa and, and how he can get back uh to being healthy obviously it's a big blow um To be honest, when I first heard the news, I was bummed, but I think very quickly I I actually got over it because at this point, I'm so used to not seeing Anderson Espinoza pitch, and I'm so used to seeing all these other pitchers (laughs) pitch that I've gotten to the point where he was already so low on my totem pole in terms of guys that I think are going to be impact on this team that even if he doesn't pitch the next year and even if he never comes back, uh, they have so much talent that you you kind of expect this. You, you expect the attrition of prospects, especially with pitching prospects. That's just how it works. So if he's one of the ones that gets lost, that's totally fine. I mean, that's just what's going to happen. Um, someone someone's bound to break uh if he can come back healthy that's awesome too i mean he's going to be only what 20 years old 21 years old when he comes back so it's not like this is a death knell um tommy john is not what it used to be where it was like the end of your career so i'm totally fine with it obviously sucks that it, it took the whole year for this to to happen they could have done this earlier in the year but you don't know all the details you don't know if maybe his ucl was fine and then when he started ramping up again he felt something and then it was Fully torn. I, you don't really know. A lot of the times there's some damage there, and these guys will go through throwing programs to try to heal it and see if they can pitch through it. Uh, you see that with Tanaka, who's been pitching basically with a partially torn UCL for the last, I think, year, year and a half. Um, you yeah. saw that with Garrett Richards. He had the, uh, what are they called? Plasma injection? Pl- inge- pl- yeah, yeah. Pl- plasma plate. I think it's PPR, it's called. Yeah, he had that mm-hmm. done, and he came back healthy and was fine, was pitching, and then he ended up injured again, so it's really, as much as we've kind of figured out Tommy John's, there's still so much we don't know, so I think it's unfair to speculate too much. Um, I know people are understandably harsh on the Padres' medical staff, or there's, there's been plenty of snafus in recent years, but I, I don't think that's a similar case here, I think it's just, they were being they were being precautious, they weren't letting him pitch, they were, they were ramping him up a little bit just to kind of see how he felt, and then taking it back, they weren't throwing him into games, it's not like they were endangering his health in any way and and then they waited a couple months they thought he was looking good he started to ramp up he felt pretty good and then he had a problem and that that happens uh with with elbow injuries they never really go away until they're fully i guess taken care of even when the even when you have a surgery it's still a red flag in the future but i think uh in this case we can't be too hard on the Padres and how they handle it. i know some people have been but i from my perspective i don't think you can be too hard on them and i understand why people are hard on them but i i think it's it's unfair to just Throw nothing but critics, but uh, can't talk. Throw nothing but criticism at them without taking it into account all the the factors that go into these kind of decisions.
1: Yeah, I have no comment on the handling of the situation. We've, uh, we've let's move <laughs> on to talk about Michael Bias, who's come and taken my whole thoughts on Anderson Espinosa out of the way. I don't even have to worry about Anderson Espinosa because Michael Bias has come in and basically taken over his spot on as, as far as my mindset on the on the Padres in the future. So. I think that's kind of helped soften the blow uh, of losing Espinosa. Um, the, the team is just is filled with pitching depth, and it's it's nice that we don't have to rely on one, one stud pitcher, potential stud pitcher that we're looking at in the minor leagues, and hopefully he'll be the big guy one day. You know, this team is, has three or four potential aces, three or four potential mid-rotation starters, so it, it's nice that, you know... The loss isn't the end of the world because I was really surprised that Padres Twitter didn't go off as much as it did because I was expecting just, you know, the world to end and, and just people to just be all over the Padres. And I think the, the depth in this farm system definitely softened the blow of uh, of this loss.
0: Yeah, I think that having so much depth um, makes it a little easier to stomach, I guess. I think it just happened last year. Right when he was acquired, I think there would have been a much more of a visible yes. reaction, especially with mm-hmm. the whole Red Sox news that happened with uh, Pomerantz. Um, but can, can we can we discuss – have we figured out what Michael Baez is? Is it Michael, Michelle, Michelle Mikkel?
1: Mikael, Mikael, Baez. I'm just going to call him Michael eight.
0: because I was calling him Michael and spelling it like Michael for a while, and then I realized it was there was no A in there. So I'm just going to keep yeah. calling him Michael. But until I hear otherwise, maybe I'll uh, ask around and see if I can get some information. Um,
1: yeah, I we we are we are just butchers of names on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, there <laughs>
0: they're very um, there's a lot of names here that are very um, foreign to us. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think we just don't have the attention span to. <laughs> Took us a while
0: to figure out Joey Lucchese's name. Um, yeah, I'm and still you got, got Chasine.
1: Yeah, no, we don't even want to talk about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, there, there's some names that are uh, hard to uh, pronounce. That's that's for sure.
1: Yeah, we should put a, a, a warning, a, a disclaimer in the beginning that we will put your uh, major leaguers' names and minor leaguers' names in this podcast. So, it, you know, it is what it is. Oh, yeah, your, I mean, favorite, your favorite saint. At least um, there's some
0: guys that we can pronounce their names, like Michael Gettys. You can't mess that up, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, you can't. Austin Smith, I can't mess it up.
0: Austin Allen.
1: Austin Allen. Logan you Allen.
0: You <laughs> the Allen brothers.
1: Yeah, you there you go. You can't mess that up. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it, let's talk about the miners a little bit just for a couple minutes. It's 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 nice to see. I mean, look at Austin Allen, how much he's tearing it up in Lake Elsinore. Do you do you think that he's going to be promoted up to Double A soon? Um, I mean, and, you it's know, not like
0: there's anyone like really holding that spot down that's blocking him. So I, I think yeah, he could probably earn a call up before the end of the year if he keeps hitting like this. And and Marcus Green Jr. has been doing pretty good in uh, Fort Wayne, yeah, so he could earn himself the- a call up as well
1: that's what i was just going to mention you know i think that's probably what's limiting him from being called up to the next level and it's just wonderful to see this progression of players uh you know god the double the a team is 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 stacked with a lot of young potential padres and where are they going to be in a year from now i mean those guys are going to be knocking on the door if if, if everything goes well if they're progressing like they have this year next year at this time it's going to be very very exciting i mean to be able to see a, a Lucchese, a, a Lauer, and a Quantra all pitching in, in, in El Paso and, and performing relatively well will be—it'll it, be a Padres uh, fans' dream right there. I mean, and, and then you have the younger guys coming up right behind them—the position players, uh, the Geddes, the Tatises, the Onas—they're—they're—they're they're, they're getting better, they're getting younger, and—and and, and those are young guys that are just—it's oh, just—it's—it's it's fun. It's fun to talk about the the future of this team for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean outside of maybe obviously Anderson Espinosa and maybe Javi Guerra, pretty much every prospect that we kind of keep an eye on has at least developed in some way this year. I know Michael Getty's had his struggles. A couple of the young kids have had their struggles, but I think they've all made progress and they're all taking steps forward and we're kind of, they're gonna kind of get in there, you know. It's it's not gonna happen overnight, but with so many prospects doing well, I think it's really encouraging. Even yeah, if there's a couple of guys I'm... that are not doing so well.
1: No, I mean there's always gonna be there's always gonna be people that are that are gonna regress and, and, and not perform well. But that you know, we'll we're trying to focus on the positives here and yeah, you know, there's there's young guys in the DSL and the AZL that are coming up too. I mean, uh, Osvaldo Hernandez is is a young pitcher, left-handed pitcher, Cuban pitcher, who's actually the third uh, to go with Morajon and Baez uh, that the Padres signed this offseason that's is progressing really well. We have a piece that's gonna be running on him in the next day or so. This is a young man that you guys need to be aware of. This is a next potential name that's going to progress through the system, and he's 18, left-handed pitcher. It's it's you know, and the names just keep surfacing every day. It seems like, and and Don't you know, it's about it's Henry, Henry. Henry Henry, yeah, Henry Henry is another one that who's grade name performing though. well. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah just, the
1: name is fantastic. It's
0: just guy on top of guy, and it's just, and then Pedro Avila, who we acquired for Derek Norris, basically for nothing. He's just been yes. destroying it lately in, in Fort Wayne. it yes. has been insane. Yes.
1: Avila's um, been, been killing it, so has Hansel Rodriguez. we got another piece running on him uh, in the next day or so, who's just been dominating since he's been moved to the bullpen. I mean, yeah. his velocity is up. His stuff is up.
0: Yeah, Jesse I mean, Shultons these... has looked good in uh, high lately. There's just yeah. so many guys that have just been really showing what they can do, and it's just it's an endless list of of guys to talk about it's kind of ridiculous, and you
1: no, know, I mean this is, this is the first year that I've really concentrated on the farm system and really been aware of what each team has, but I'm just amazed with the depth and, and the the ceiling of, of these young men and the ability that they have and uh, If you can't get excited about this team, then seriously, you really need to check your pulse if, if you're a Padre fan.
0: Yeah, there's just so much to look forward to in the farm, and I know it's hard because it's all so far away. But I recommend everyone get M L M I L B T V subscriptions. You can watch. Oh yeah. Every, every missions game, every Chihuahua's game, the occasional storm game, the occasional tin caps game, even Dust Devils games are sometimes uh, broadcast. It's really worth it. It's worth every dime that you pay. You get to see all these guys in action live, and it's really it's really good to see what the future's gonna gonna bring.
1: Yeah, it is for sure. Um, okay, folks, well, if you don't know by now, Brad Hand is still a San Diego Padre, and he will be a San Diego Padre for the remainder of the season. Um, things happen. A.J. Preller's prelling. Uh, you know, he the demand was not met for him, and I respect the fact that he is remaining with the team. Uh, you got to be happy about the fact that we're going to have a decent closer for the rest of the year. Um, Mayton and Yates are going to be able to set up and, and kind of, uh, you know, the pin is still going to be pretty damn good for this team for the remaining of the year.
0: Yeah, so much for tanking, man.
1: <laughs> no, no, the, the, that's why we're, you know, it's you don't want to ever build your team as a 500 as a goal because mid round draft picks are basically worthless, but the progression on this team is hard to ignore and. You know, this majority, the nucleus of this team is coming off a PCL championship last year. They're going to want to keep that winning spirit going. And, uh, you know, look at Aswahi and, and how much he's energized and invigorated this team since he's come up. We didn't even talk about what the hell is going to happen with Solarte at shortstop, which is... Oh, uh, man, that's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to... Yeah, I don't know. We're going to have to see a you know, rotating door at shortstop between between Salarte and, you know, Coleman's been hitting since he's been here. It, it, there's there's – uh, I was hoping this trade deadline would kind of solve some mysteries, but I think it's kind of uh, made it uh, a little more mysterious, if you will.
0: Yeah, we have more mysteries than we ever
1: thought we needed. <laughs> yep. All right, folks. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, episode 52 uh, of the East Village Times podcast, a little bit of a trade deadline special. I apologize for not having this as a live podcast, but I guess we really didn't miss much, did we, Patrick?
0: Yeah, we were going to do this during the the lead up and hopefully have some conversation and, and chat, but there wasn't really much to chat about, so we didn't end up missing out on too much, so that's not bad yeah. at all.
1: <laughs> I I like to just say that, you know, AJ Broder personally texted me and told me to just go back to bed, so
0: yeah. He's like you are okay, James. You don't we <laughs> Yeah, don't do he anything.
1: said yeah, yeah. But he said yeah, man. But don't worry about it. We're not going to do anything. Nobody's nobody's being serious, so. <laughs> don't take that serious, folks. I don't want to hear I don't want to have any any dms or any 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 messages okay i'm just playing um he's sick okay. i'm delirious i'm delirious patrick please take me out of here episode 52 folks is in the books uh shout out to original grain watches for sponsoring us uh dot com. um patrick please put us to bed so i can go back to bed
0: <laughs> all right we're hosted on podbean and we're also on apple podcast uh Give us a rating and review on there. That'd be greatly appreciated. Let's other people know about the podcast. Uh, tell your friends, tell your family. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Patrick Brew 93. James is EBT underscore news and EBT underscore Jay Clark. Our podcast is EBT podcast on Twitter. Um, I just posted a piece a few hours back about Brad hand and how he's still with the Padres. We're going to have a couple other Brad hand pieces probably going up before the end of the day and into tomorrow. Um, there's going to be a lot of content coming the next day. So, Definitely stay tuned. Um, I'm going to Universal Studios tomorrow, so I'll, I'll be out of commission. But I, I stayed for the good stuff, so hopefully nothing too exciting happens tomorrow. But I somehow doubt we'll have waiver wire trades on August 1st, so I think we'll be okay. Uh, but, yeah, so, <laughs> so uh, stay tuned for more content. Uh, we appreciate the, list, the listens. Uh, we appreciate all feedback. Uh, please let us know what you think, if there's anything we can do better, anything you think we can add. Always appreciate it.
1: All right, folks, thank you so much. East Village Times Podcast is signing up. EBT out. is out here broadcasting. broadcasting. EBT is out here podcasting. Question
0: and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Ask
1: them. Padres EBT Podcast. Padres EBT Podcast. podcast.